Hello and welcome back to another edition of Blitz Scalable Venture Deals. I'm Chris Yeh and I am joined by my colleague Scott Johnson of Blitz Scaling Ventures. And today we are going to be talking about deals that were announced in June of 2022. So Scott, let's start with the big picture. How did the volume in June of 2022 come in relative to what we've been seeing recently? You know, it was flat. So just a few deals fewer than there were in May. So May was a little over 130, June's a little under 130. And so really that's that's just noise level difference. I don't think there's any signal there. It is down, of course, from the 160, 170 range that we were in. Oh, it got ago. up to 190 at one point. I think 190 at one point. You're right. So, you know, but that was that was a bit of an outlier. I think that, you know, it was it was more like 170 was where we were bouncing around and and now we're bouncing around 130. So back to where we were 18 months ago, but not where we were six months ago. And that's just deal volume, doesn't speak to dollars. I think the round sizes we're seeing, as I mentioned last month, are smaller. So it's not no longer the $100 million A round or the $50 million seed round. These are rounds that are, you know, about half that. So it's um, or less than half, you know, we're seeing a rounds in the 20, $30 million range, sometimes in the $15 million range, if, if they're not right in Silicon Valley. So uh, smaller rounds and fewer of them, but I think the percentage decline in round size exceeds that in volume. Of course, those things are additive. So if you think about it, if we are at two thirds the volume and one half the amount per deal, we are presumably at one third the dollar volume for these top firms putting money out the door. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're hearing that in the laments on Twitter of entrepreneurs saying, are any VCs actually investing right now? You know, I've got a great business. Nobody's even taking a meeting, blah, blah, blah. I think, you know, there are deals happening. So it's not that people aren't taking meetings, but I think the, the, the dollar volume flow is down. A lot of the sort of marginal investors who are chasing the quick buck are taking a pause. And those were, that's where a lot of the easy money was coming from. So you're, you're back to the deep pocketed investors who have a longer vision and a, a sort of a longer term commitment to this asset class. And that's, you know, that's, that's okay. It's still a healthy market. It's just not quite as, as easy money, so to speak, as it was six, eight months ago. Very true. Well, it's still a good market for investing. And in many ways, even though we look at it and we say, oh, wow, the volume's down, it may be that the investing climate's better for investors because when things are overheated and people are paying absurd prices, well, that's when people lose money. Yeah, no, unless you get out quick, right? So if, if you pay a really high price and then there's a greater fool really soon after you who and, the, and there's a quick exit, then you can make a quick buck. And that's exciting. And that's not where we are right now. So it's, it's actually the pricing reflects the reality that you're probably gonna have to have a longer holding period and you'll still make good returns, but it's, it's not the quick, easy money. And the people who like quick, easy money are moved on to... Um, maybe they're back in Bitcoin. I don't know. Bitcoin is actually starting to perform again. So maybe that's where their attention is. It's a sort of the, the day traders of VC have gone to greener pastures. Well, good riddance to bad rubbish. Now, 
when it comes to this month's deals, one of the interesting questions is, are we allowing our own psychology to be affected by the mood? Because we only had three deals that met our criteria. And we've historically, in these higher volume times, seen more like five companies, six companies. Three companies is pretty small, right? It is. And so, I mean, you have a, a you know, a, a lower denominator. So there's a bit of an effect there and you expect a couple fewer than seven or eight, which, you know, we had five, six, seven, eight, pretty, pretty commonly in, in the prior more high volume months. But, you know, it's, it's also true that we're, you know, we're seeing deals and, and we're going to have anomaly months like this, where we just don't see a lot of winner take most deals. And if we do see winner take most, then the distribution is going to be painful. And so, you know, you need high scores in both of those for us to bring them up on this podcast. And those are the exceptional deals. You just don't see that many. And sure, we're pointing out three of them. And actually, one of them is one we've done a podcast on before. So that's uh, Ledger Investing. So, you know, we've, we've, we've really, we're really only introducing two new companies this month. Well, let's go ahead and get started then. The first company on our list, our top scorer this month, is a company called Soba, and that is Soba.xyz, which means that it is a Web3 deal. But what we like about it is, is Roblox meets Web3. So instead of the play-to-earn games, which I described as giant Ponzi schemes and correctly predicted the demise of, this is create to earn. This is a chance for game creators to build on a Web3 platform, to monetize either through Web3 or through other mechanisms. It is an incredible founding team with a lot of great video game experience. The CEO used to run King's operations in Southeast Asia. The CTO actually came from the Max Planck Society, so one of the great educational institutions of the world with 37 Nobel Prize winners and had been in the video game industry for seven or eight years in addition to having a PhD. And so it's just a fantastic team very early on. This is, I believe, a seed deal, but one that we're keeping our eye on. So when you say monetize via Web3, you want to expand on that a little bit? Absolutely. So when I say monetize via Web3, it means two different things. One is that you can choose to monetize using Web3 payment rails rather than traditional payment rails. So there are all sorts of things out there like the Bitcoin Lightning Network and other level two chains, which unlike the main chains of Ethereum, do not have a $90 transaction cost. And so it may very well be that for smaller payments, micropayments even, that you can do that using Web3 mechanisms. The other thing is that you can monetize by taking advantage of the Web3 asset classes. So you might be able to have a token within your game that allows you to sell virtual goods and other things like that. And that token can then take on its own value outside the game as well, just in the same way that in the old days, gold from World of Warcraft would be valuable and sellable on eBay. And perhaps transferable NFTs. So yeah, so that's you know that's pretty interesting. This company's in Berlin, so it's a German company. Lightspeed led a thirteen and a half million dollar seed round, so a, a sizable seed round. And I think when you look at the team and what they're doing, then you can see why Lightspeed really leaned in on this deal. Um, so it's Soba.xyz. That's S-O-B-A.xyz. If you're looking for them on the web, and it's it's, you know, it's a seed deal, so it's very early, but we think we can 
understand the business well enough to score it. And boy, what a score, Chris. Yeah, so this is classic, right? We have the advantage of a platform like Roblox married with some of the benefits of Web3. So we have a 10 out of 10 for winner take most because, of course, people are going to gravitate towards the platform and game developers are especially going to gravitate towards the platform where they can get the most adoptees and make the most money. Viral growth is also a 10 out of 10 because this is something where the game adopters are going to be, uh, sorry, the game uh, developers themselves are going to be out there promoting it and you have the possibility of getting players to also make it viral when they have multiplayer games as well so that's also a nice thing product market fit very uncertain this is super early on it's difficult to create a new game platform and to create a new game platform with web3 integrated could be even more difficult so we gave it a six out of ten we gave them credit for having a great team in other words so we gave them the faith that they could probably figure it out but still very early six out of ten and this is where, I mean, this is a quasi-social network, right? So it's it's just super important that they get the product perfect. So many examples of aspiring social networks where product market fit, you know, it might've been interesting at first and then it faded or it just never really got the users engaged in a, in a way that mattered and could sustain long-term. So it's a it's a really tough thing to figure out and that's where all the risk is. So, you know, you're going to see a really high score here, but that doesn't mean it's a certainty that this will be a blitz scaler. They really need to focus on the product and hopefully they have $13 million and, you know, so enough runway to iterate on it and get it right. Yep. And then when it comes to the market size, this is actually when we had to think about it a little bit, we gave it a 10 out of 10 because of course the video game space is enormous. Now, one of the interesting things is, well, hold on, the intersection of video gaming and web three is still very nascent is that really a big market and the thing is that soba does not require you to get a wallet or anything like that in order to play the games so it actually is open to people who are not web three enthusiasts and i think that that helps really expand its market size and may help it be a gateway drug to get people into some of the elements of web three yeah very important point good good point chris i'm glad you brought that to light because Web3 is kind of a, this strange foreign language to most of the world right now. And you either are into the lingo and you're one of these super geek Bitcoin aficionados, you know, and really into crypto, or you're not. And if you're not, you feel like that's just this really intimidating foreign thing and you don't want to get involved. So if this is a way to get people comfortable through nice, friendly games on their phones, with the ideas of wallets and the ideas of different kinds of coins and how they might accrue value and how to trade them and all that stuff, then it could be an important company just for that. Absolutely. And then the scores the rest of the way are pretty straightforward because this is a purely digital product, gross margin 10, org scalability 10, op scalability 10. And that gives it a grand total of 91, which is an extremely good score and definitely puts it on our short list of companies to reach out to. Yeah, well, you remember everyone, 80 is a great score for us. 80 means, yeah, you should probably be blitzscaling. In other words, you should be making sure that you are the winner that takes the most of the market and don't let your competitors get ahead of you and all the strategic imperatives that come with a winner-take-most situation apply. This one, you know, certainly that's true, but, um, you know, they, they really got to get the product right. So that's that's the big risk here, as we said. Yep. 
So the next uh, company, the, the last of the new companies we're going to talk about is a company called Hank, as in the abbreviation for Henry, uh, as in the great Hank Aaron. And Hank, which can be found at gethank.com, what it is, it is a social network for people who are age 55 plus looking to meet others their age with a strong local component. And this is really interesting because, you know, we feel like we are just exiting this pandemic. I mean, it's still going on, but a lot of the barriers are coming down. People really feel like they've missed out on socialization. People want to connect. And I've noticed that people who are of a certain generation don't want to hang out with a bunch of 20-somethings. They want to hang out with people who remember the same things they did. And especially, it seems these days, want to play pickleball. So here we've got Get Hank as the perfect way to help them find people to play pickleball with, along with everything else. And I think it could be very interesting. I think my own parents, again, this is the sort of thing that they might be interested in. And by the way, are, are, are we not that far off from actually being in their target market? Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there. And I just moved to a new city. And so this is interesting to me. Uh, you know, I... I'm meeting lots of people through other activities, but it's certainly something where if you're recently divorced or recently moved to a new city and you don't have your kids to lean on to do activities that throw you together with other parents, then this is a need, right? You, you just, how are you going to meet other people? You have to join clubs and stuff like that. But uh, this is a way to really broaden that outreach. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a latent need. And I really am excited about trying it out, actually. Very cool. Well, we will definitely have you give us a report on the product. But in the interim, we've scored it without trying it. And we gave it a 9 out of 10 on winner take most. Now, the reason we didn't give it a 10 out of 10, even though it is a social network, is because it has a strong local component. And unlike something like Airbnb, which is explicitly around travel, I don't think people are going to get into a new city and say, hey, let me look up Get Hank and see who I can get in touch with. It doesn't feel like people who are 65 are like, I'm in a new city. Let me meet some strangers. Yeah, uh, if you if you're just there temporarily, I think if you're new, if you're there on a more permanent way, then yes, you, you are looking for ways to meet people. Yeah, your age. So um, but, you know, it, it, it's not like you're hopping cities. <laughs> you're not. You're not moving every year if, if you're that age, you're, you're settling in somewhere usually. So it's um, it's more about finding your, your your people on Hank and then arranging activities on Hank and, and things like that. Uh, but I do believe in winner take most on the local level. I really do. Uh, it's We had a big debate internally about, okay, if it's a local winner take most, is that really the equivalent of global winner take most? And we decided it's not. That if you have to win each local market, then it's not as good a thing as winning the global market once. So yeah, you have to win Pittsburgh and they have to win Seattle and you have to win San Antonio. And that's a, a lot more work and a lot riskier than you just become the winner in a global experience and leading and winning that. You just have to do that once and it's a better way to go. So we get a nine out of 10 on winner take most. Exactly. Then on viral growth and distribution, hey, it's a social network. You're asking your friends to join. If you're 55 plus, presumably a lot of your friends fit in that same category as well. 
and it's like a next door or something. So we believe that there is virality there and we gave it a 10 out of 10. So that's getting the company off to a really good start. Yep. Product, product market fit because it's still very early on because Scott hasn't tried it yet. It's still a six. After Scott tries it, maybe we're gonna you know raise that a little bit. Well, I'm a little worried about the zero day experience. You know, it's, if I'm the first one on then my local area, how much value am I gonna get from it? So there is a, a, a day zero problem here and I don't know how they're going to get the first people on sort of to get the, the network flowing, but it's the, the network effect will really kick in when there's critical mass. Well, you know, maybe they can hire uh, the local equivalents of a college ambassador, except it's a senior ambassador, the most popular person at each uh, assisted living home or something to act as the, <laughs> to act as the viral vector. Well, I, I think between the ages of 55 and 75, there aren't a lot of people that needed that much help. So, and those are the ones that are probably going to adopt this. So I, I, I don't know if that's the right channel. I don't know how, like since there's no campus effect here and we've seen so many companies ride that effect to, to prominence in the social network category. I don't know what the replacement is for this demographic. I really don't. So we'll see. That might be a really a difficult problem for them to solve. Yeah, the other thing that should probably happen is AARP should just buy them. And in fact, I believe that AARP is an investor in the company somehow. Yeah, when we look, they are an investor. Oh, by the way, this is a General Catalyst deal. So General Catalyst, Catalyst led along with Resolute uh, this eight, uh, $7 million uh, seed round. Yeah, and also I noticed Canaan was in it, and all three are great firms, and General Catalyst and Canaan Partners on our official list. So mm -hmm. obviously a great syndicate. Then as we go further, market size, a lot of older people these days, gross margins, social network, 10 out of 10 for gross margins, 10 out of 10 for org scalability, 10 out of 10 for op scalability. Maybe we could eventually penalize a little bit on org scalability. Maybe some older people need more handholding. I don't know. Seems like that might be an ageist sort of thing for me to say, which is dangerous considering how close I am to aging into this product. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, if we go with those scores, that's an 85. That's a good score. It's a darn good score. Generally, we're right around 80. You know, 81 is good. 80 is good. And then getting up to 85 is tough. You have to have really good scores in those first two uh, columns. And we do nine out of 10. So very strong score for Hank. Social networks always do very strong. And interesting that both of our deals this month that are new are social network deals. Yeah. Well, we always love those social networks. And Scott, you're going to be joining this one. You'll be providing a report, hopefully in future months, on how it went. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely going to get around to that. So now it's time to uh, bring up again Ledger Investing. We saw them a year ago. They did their Series A. Now they've done a $75 million Series B. So that's like a legit Series B. That's that's a you know just as sizable as any of the other ones we've seen before. Uh, and then and months gone by in the heyday. So this is a New York based company. Excel is in here, Mass Mutual Ventures. Uh, so, you know, they're Mass Mutual, of course, is an insurer. And this is a deal in the insurance space. So, Chris, talk about what they do. Yeah, so this was absolutely fascinating. It's an online marketplace. 
And what it allows you to do is if you're an insurance carrier, you can now securitize your various insurance contracts and sell them to investors. So this is a great way to get them off your balance sheet, to lock in your gains. So very appealing. These are big, complicated, high value transactions in a two-sided marketplace. So of course, we like that. That gives us a 10 out of 10 winner take most. Viral growth or distribution. Hey, if you manage to reach the carriers, those carriers, can then reach and there's a lot of channels to the carriers and there's channels to the uh, to the financial services industry and investors you go through the big banks and things like that so again not a perfect score it's only an eight out of ten but there are very well-known channels that you can certainly leverage uh, product market fit you know this has gotten some good traction so we got it all the way up at an eight Market size, of course, is enormous. 10, gross margin, org, and ops scalability. This one we had penalized on org scalability because these are so complicated. There's probably a lot of human intervention involved, but that probably gets better over time. And even when we gave it a six for org scalability, that still ended up with an 81. So even with very conservative scores, we're getting an 81, which is why we were interested in it last year, back in April of 2021. Uh, this was actually one of the ones that got away. So I connected with their chief strategy officer, reached out to him on LinkedIn, pinged him a couple times. He never actually responded, though he accepted my request. And, you know, when we have so many potential deals to work on, it doesn't make sense to chase after any individual deal unless we just think it is the absolute best deal in the world. So anyways, that's one where it did get away, unfortunately. The company has raised more money. It would have been a good one to be a part of. and We still like it, and we're still going to reach out because, you know, it's not too late for us. Certainly not too late. And, you know, sometimes these rounds can be extended. Sometimes there's secondary going on where we can dip our toe in and participate maybe in the C round in a bigger way. So a lot of opportunities still to connect with these guys, but first we got to really understand how well they're doing. And uh, it's just, I love the size of the market here. And it's so important that they become the winner because if they're the place where the market is more, most liquid, then that's going to just persist forever. And I really would love to be involved here. Fantastic. Well, that's it for the month of June 2021. We actually did a pretty good job of getting through. It's barely into the second half of July. Oftentimes we're so busy, we fall behind, but we made a concerted effort to get this done. I feel good about that, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no summer slowdown for us, Chris. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I will have a vacation coming up in September. I am going to take the, the family to Hawaii, but it's just for four or five days. And we certainly don't have that sort of giant uh, August slowdown where we do nothing. We're going to be beavering away at various works. I'll be traveling to speak at conferences, meeting with investors. So there is no rest for the wicked here at Blitzscaling Ventures. <laughs> no, I've seen your calendar and it is not a, a, a typical VC calendar. It's, but every VC I talk to is really busy. There's a lot of talk about how oh, people are just taking the summer off. I, I, that's not what I'm seeing. I am seeing very active. Everybody's working on their existing companies very hard, trying to get them funded. So it, it is a active summer for sure. And there's nobody putting their feet up. Awesome. Well, Scott, once again, thank you for joining me for this edition of Blitzscale Venture Deals. We'll be coming back to you in about a month to cover the deals for July of 2022. Until then, we hope that you guys have enjoyed this presentation. Please do tell your friends about it, especially if your friends have to be multi-billionaires who are interested in investing in venture capital funds. And I will look forward to hearing from you, Scott, again very soon.
Always fun to do this with you, Chris, and we'll be back in a month.